Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everyone, welcome back to The Doggy Pod. I'm producer Stephen Peters here with Dr. Rob Zammett and in this week's episode we're going to be talking about fleas, don't start scratching, yes, ticks of course, vaccinations and is it true that dogs only see in black and white, Stephen? I have mm. been wondering that for a very long time and we'll find out the answer and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Our celebrity pooch this week uh, is named Butters. Now Butters is owned by one of the most famous female singers in the world. Find out who shortly and find out a little bit more about Butters. And our special celebrity guest this week that Rob will be having a chat to about his dog is tennis superstar Wally Massour. Now, Wally's played in all the majors over the years, got uh, a shelf full of awards and trophies and everything you can possibly win, uh, and he's going to have a chat to Rob shortly. And he's still very involved in tennis and tells me that you know it's hard work what he does promoting the sport to youngsters and helping our Davis Cup team. So he loves coming home to his dogs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm keen to find out what sort of dogs he's got. Um, what's, the, uh, what's been happening at the clinic this week? Sadly, we've had three dogs come in because of car accidents. I'm not sure what's going on at the moment, whether it's COVID or whatever. We haven't seen a lot of dogs hit by cars over the years, over the last 10 years. People have been a lot more careful that maybe people are at home and forgetting about shutting the gates or the front door, whatever it is, but we've had some really serious car accidents. So I'm putting that as a warning to people. Please be careful with your dogs. Make sure that you know if the kids are home, uh, the gates are shut properly or your dog can't get on the road because one of these dogs had to amputate a leg from. Oh my God. And it's really, you know, it was hard to do because you're taking this whole literally mangled leg. It was mashed up. Bones were shattered, no pulse in it. It was terrible. Thankfully, we saved the dog, and he's getting around three legs very happily. Uh, dogs are not like us. You know, When if we lose a limb, we think, why me? 
Yeah, that's the first thing we say, why me, Lord? But with dogs, they lose a limb, they get up, and they just think they're like any other dog. Off they go again. They don't sit and worry and meditate on the lost limb. They think, what's up next? I'm alive, I'm happy, I'm here. They, you know, I always say, learn to live like a dog. That's probably the most important lesson. Accept what you can't change and get on with it. So all three dogs survived? All three dogs have survived. One is a specialist centre because it needed um, a lot of surgery and uh, they've got a smashed pelvis that they're trying to put together and smashed legs. The other one, uh, we pinned its legs and it's going quite well. And the third one, he's uh, going home very shortly, the one with the, the, that's lost its leg, doing very well. Uh, it's good to hear, good to hear. Now, our quiz question this week is, in the States, what is the most popular breed of dog? In the States, what's the most popular breed? Is it a Beagle, a German Shepherd, a Labrador Retriever, or a Yorkshire Terrier? That's an interesting question because this breed has been the most popular breed in the USA for some 28 years now. 28 years in a row? Mm, In a row. Quite amazing. Anyway, um, I'm feeling a little bit scratchy, a little bit itchy, Rob. Mm -hmm. Let's talk fleas. Why do dogs get Fleas. Well, we no, always think of dogs and fleas. No wonder you're feeling itchy because humans get them too. Fleas are pretty ubiquitous. They live on dogs and cats, rabbits and foxes and wolves and other creatures as well. Lots of mammals get infected by fleas, including, don't forget, rats, rodents and things like that. What, rats can get fleas? <clears throat> rats? Oh, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. That's one of the most important uh, things that we've learnt over the years, a thing called the bubonic plague. I that, yeah. People say it was carried by rats. It wasn't carried by rats as such. It was carried by the fleas that the rats carried. They oh. carried the bug for the bubonic plague. And that's the problem with fleas. They can carry so many bugs. They can carry typhus, you know, typhoid. They carry worms. They're the intermediate host, in fact, for a dog tapeworm. The common tapeworm of dog called Dipalidium caninum. How do you know if your dog's got a tapeworm? You actually see them. It's one of the worms that you'll see on your dog's droppings. I tell people, when you pick up the droppings, always check. Because if you see this little thing about the size of a rice grain that's moving, it'll be a tapeworm. And they'll get it from fleas. Fleas carry all sorts of bugs. And that's why it's very, very important to keep your dog free of fleas as much as possible. And to be alert if you do see fleas in the environment. Because one female flea will lay around 25 to 50 eggs a day and she'll live for two years. What? The eggs will be shared off the dog into the environment the dog lives in, be it the carpet, be it the bedding that the dog lives in. That's where the eggs are. And they can stay there for quite some time, the eggs. So when you're getting rid of the fleas, you've got to make sure you get rid of the eggs as well in the environment. So it's quite a job. We'll talk about those Um, a little bit later but what you need to remember about fleas is to get a product these days there are some good products that you can use to to get rid of fleas you can use oral products which work very well a lot of people using those use them once a month but how how does something that the dog takes internally prevent it from getting fleas because it goes into the dog's bloodstream and what are fleas they obligate hemophilias they love blood they, they have to eat blood. That's part of their life cycle. So that's what oh, fleas so they're do. Like mosquitoes. Yeah, when the flea gets onto a, a, a host, be it a dog, a cat, or whatever, it actually sucks the blood from the skin. 
And the flea dirt that we see is, yes, it's flea poo, full of blood. It's just full of blood as well. So fleas have to eat the, the dog's blood. If there is a, a drug in there that kills the fleas, then it's ideal. You know, straight away, the fleas drop off. They don't lay eggs. The environment's not affected. So talk to your veterinarian about which product would best suit your dog. And it's important to talk to your vet because some dogs, some breeds, can't take certain products. Be careful of that and work out which is the best product. There are also great collars these days that you can put on your dogs mm. that do work for fleas. And it's remember in the old days, we used to use a lot of very, very toxic products. They would last on the dog, but they were toxic to both the dog and to humans touching them. These newer products are not toxic to humans or dogs and get rid of the fleas. So talk to you a bit about which product's best for you. But remember, fleas cause also dermatitis because when they bite into the dog, they release a bit of flea saliva and your, your dog will be itchy to that, as we are. You know, if you get bitten by a flea, you come up with a little hive. So does your dog. Causes a lot of dermatitis, a lot of hair loss, especially around what's called the croup area. That's just above the tail, towards the head, on the dog's body. You see a lot of that's fleas like to congregate in that area, or also check the tummy of your dog, the dog's belly. They're the places to look for fleas. If you see the little critters running around, um, straight away you know you've got a problem and you need to instigate therapy. A lot of people these days are on once a month therapies that will do not just fleas but other. Um, either insects, uh, other ecto, what's called ectoparasites, the, the bugs outside, and they also do the endoparasites, the worms. So you've got good products that you can give once a month that do all those things. You mentioned a minute ago that humans get fleas, which yep. I, I wouldn't have thought, although it's probably not that unusual now that I think about it. <laughs> We're mammals. Mm. Yep. And, the, and yes, and it can cause, and that's how we get things like typhus and we can get things like bubonic plague. And bubonic plague, you know, the bug that caused it, there have been little outbreaks here and there um, in this last few years of it. Very unusual because I thought it was all just about gone, but again, it's fleas that carry it and give it to humans. So be aware. So speaking of dangerous little critters like fleas, dogs also get, and you know, particularly in certain areas in Australia, get ticks. Yep. Now, what is a tick and why does it attach itself to our dog. Well, just like fleas, ticks live off blood and that's why they attach to themselves to mammals. They'll attach themselves to cattle. There's the cattle tick. There's the dog tick. There's different types of ticks as well. There's one called the common uh, brown tick, which doesn't affect the dog other than draining blood from the dog. But it can also, like fleas, carry other bugs. There are other... Um, bacteria that that the ticks can carry for example Lyme disease there's a debate whether Lyme disease exists in Australia I think most veterinarians really say yeah it does exist in this country Um, for some reason a lot of the authorities are saying no it doesn't but it's carried by ticks and there are other tick-borne diseases many tick-borne diseases that can affect your dog that can even affect you as well and the worst tick of course is the paralysis tick it causes a ascending paralysis. In other words, ascending means starts from the tail and the paralysis works its way up the spine. Initially, the back legs go. Then eventually, when it affects the middle part of your dog, that's where, the, um, where your diaphragm is. The diaphragm is the muscle that allows you to breathe. 
when it affects the phrenic nerve that supplies the diaphragm, it stops the dog breathing and the dog dies of respiratory failure. So once the tick has attached itself Mm -hmm. to your dog and maybe uh, it's getting as serious as that, is is that retrievable? Can the dog be saved? Oh, yes. There's there's a lot of good things that can be done to save your dog. Um, The first thing I would say to people is if you're far away from the vet and you need to get that tick off, I hit it with a little bit of an insecticide. One of the veterinary insecticides or even some of the fly sprays, just one little push onto the tick before you touch it. And that makes the tick retreat a little bit because if you start playing with the tick, it may release that last bit of poison toxin into your dog. So do that. And people get worried about, oh, what about if you leave the head in and all that baloney? You know, if if you break it off, the head, most of it would cause a little pimple on the dog and it would come off as well eventually. Don't get too worried about that. Get the tick off as quickly as possible. Get your dog to a vet. We will give it supportive therapy. If it's in respiratory failure, it could go onto a ventilator so it can breathe until the toxin's out of its system. And we give antitoxins to the dog. So should we, uh, depending on which part of Australia we live in, be examining our dogs regularly, like weekly or monthly? Oh, yeah. Like um, a lot of the coastal areas in the mid to upper regions of Australia, you need to what always examine your dog for a tick, even if they're on preventive medicine, because you don't know what when that preventive medicine may break down one day. Uh, yeah, we've had lots of good products that come out; they've gone really well, and all of a sudden they start to fail because the tick, the ticks develop a resistance to it. So always check your dogs for ticks. But if you're in a tick area, and if you don't know, again, your veterinarian will know if you live in the tick area, or Often just other dog people will know, yes, we've had ticks in this area. You need to apply some sort of um, either a tick collar or a, a monthly product inside the dog to prevent it giving ticks. Essential, just essential. Saves your dog's life. So always do it. Okay, it's one of those age-old questions that we've always wondered, and is it a myth or is it true? And that is... Do dogs only see in black and white? And if they do, how the hell did we find that out? Well, inside the eye, there are special structures called rods and cones. Rods help you see in low light. Cones require a bit more light, but help you see colours. And dogs' eyes have a lot more rods than human eyes. But can they see colour? That's the question. Why do they see, why do they have a lot more rods? Because if you think about the evolution of dogs, they hunt at dawn and dusk. What's the landscape like at dawn and dusk? Pretty grey, low light. That's when they see movement more than colour. So dogs see quite well at night, basically. Well, not so much, well, okay at night, not, you know, but at dusk and dawn when it's, you know, the light's fading, that's when they see, and they see movement so they can do their hunting. That's how they've evolved. Nevertheless, they do have enough cones that they can see um, colour. And yes, they can watch TV. They do enjoy watching TV, especially the animal shows. Lots of dogs reported to, you know, they race in when they hear the noise of the music for a particular animal show that they like. Oh, I know that show, it's coming on. They'll sit there and watch TV. So yes, they can see TV. They can see colour, not as well as us. They're more in that grey landscape they can see movement that we would never pick up. Little movement that says, whoa, there's prey there, off I go, because that's how they've evolved as a pack animal 
over some you know, thousands of years, millions of years. So that, it's a myth. They, they can see in colour. Oh, just, yeah. Just limited yeah. colour. Limited colour. No, probably th- there's talk about which colours there are limited. They see more blues and things like that better than they see um, greens and reds. So I guess that's why they can't drive the car, because of the stoplights. They have yeah. With red that's and green, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I would be very uncomfortable <laughs> if I ordered an Uber and there was a Great Dane in the front seat. <laughs> So, earlier in the week, Dr. Rob caught up with one of our greatest tennis players, Wally Masua. Now, Wally has reached the semis at the Australian Open, the US Open, and for a while was ranked number 15 in the world. And more recently, he was captain of our Davis Cup team. Through all of this, dogs have always been a huge part of his life. So I got my first dog, which was a Siberian Husky, um, which was a pretty single-minded strong sort of a dog <laughs> and I don't think I quite knew what I was in for but uh, yeah. that was the first yeah. and have had a lot of dogs since and um, my wife Susan Rob who you've met obviously uh, yes. she's really been the the main impetus behind the, the string of dogs that we've had over the last 25 years uh, well I know I've gotten a couple from you I've seen you shed tears over your dogs when they, when they're in pain I've seen that, and Wally Masur, I'm telling you folks, he's a rough, tough, still sinewy, still fit, I wouldn't want to take him on, but when it comes to his dogs, he's all heart. Well, it's funny, isn't it, because they um, they worm their way into your affections and they just become part of the family, and um, well, that was an interesting time, wasn't it, Rob, because obviously we, we live in Manly, you're out in Windsor, and um, our dog was having some difficulties and we couldn't seem to get a diagnosis or, or get it sorted and we brought him straight to you and I'm, I'm glad we did because uh, he was in a bad way and, uh, you know, you, you just hate to lose him. It's like a death in the family, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they, you become so attached to them and I just love the way you love your dogs, my friend. I just see the interrelationship you have with them. I guess they're very good at the moment with, you know, being cooped up with COVID. You get at least that companionship of your dogs and your family. Yeah, look, it's funny, um, Rob, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether we're, we're very good disciplinarians or good dog trainers or how it all works, but our dogs just, we've got four kids and it seems like we've got two dogs, it seems like we've got six kids. Um, they just <laughs> seem to be a, a part of everything that we do. And um, it's funny, isn't it? We were just talking off, uh, you know, prior to the recording, in these COVID times, how valuable they are to you in terms of companionship, you know, when you're home a lot working from home, and, you know, the opportunity to take them out for a walk. It was a pretty good excuse in lockdown to get some exercise, take your dogs out for a walk. Um, but, no, it's it's been extraordinary. I've really noticed, too, I live in Manly, just how many puppies, um, new puppies I've seen over the last month or two. I guess a lot of people are thinking this is not a bad time to have a, have a pet. And you've got two now, haven't you, at home? Two, yep. Two old yep. English dogs? Yeah, and they are magnificent, and uh, one of them is directly from you, and the other one is indirectly from you by by a breeding. And um, gee, they're a good dog. We've just really taken to that breed. Um, we've had three now. We've got two, and and, uh, and my mother-in-law's got a couple. So we've really enjoyed the breed. They're just uh, they're a lot of fun, um, and yeah, they kind of stay fairly childish throughout. They're kind of clowns. 
And, and a question, Rob, now that yes. we're talking, I've got, uh, I've got Spotty, who we got from you, and uh, he's approaching nine months. Best time to um, de-sex him. We're just sort of... Uh, he's really well-behaved. He's a bit uh, crazy, but yeah. in a good way. And, um, and that's, but we were just wondering. Yeah, that's, the, that's an important thing. As long as they're well-behaved and well-mannered and not overtly yep. um, hyper-sex drive or aggressive or anything... You can take your time, and they're a big bone dog. You have a, a large breed dog. The old English dog's a yep. very big dog. So I do like to let them the mature and let their bones mature. So I tend yep. to de-sex them. Somewhere between 9 to 12 months is a good time for a male dog. Yeah, okay. Well, we're, we're, pretty, uh, we're pretty fortunate because he's, as I say, he's a little bit crazy, but in a good way. He, and he's not aggressive or he, he doesn't carry on when we take his dog park. No, it's interesting because they're a big breed dog, as you suggest, but, and they tend to grow very quickly it's been my sort of um, experience you know six months you look at them and you go wow where's the puppy gone they really do yeah. shoot up of course in the old days they didn't have a tail but now they're very expressive with that tail aren't they yeah and i'm, I'm glad they've got tails because I'm, uh, I'm with you they're beautiful dogs they're really expressive yeah no they really are they really are we're we're very fortunate to have them and uh, i i don't know uh if anybody's listening if we would ever contemplate a large breed dog, uh, the old English sheepdog is a pretty good one. I guess, Rob, the um, the one thing that we've found is, yeah, the grooming. You've got to kind of stay on top of that. You know, yep. the, the yep. hair's pretty uh, expansive. But outside of that, they're minimal fuss. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming. Yep, no, no, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really been fabulous talking to you again. And uh, we will talk soon. All right. Well, thank you for your time today, Rob. All the best, Wally. Bye-bye. Okay, our celebrity pooch this week, um, her name is Butters. Now, Butters has a pretty high profile because Butters' owner is one of the most well-known singers in the world, and that's Katy Perry. She has over 40 million followers on her Instagram account, and often Butters is there with her. Uh, And... There's a lot of speculation about exactly what Butters is. We're not quite sure. But, uh, Rob, I'd be interested in, in your view on, on what you think Butters is. Yeah, I've seen Butters and I've seen the debate on what she might or might not be. It might be good for uh, Katy Perry to think about that product we talked about last week on the DNA of your dog. Um, you can find it. It was called Embark. Cornell University have developed it to find out what your dog's DNA might be if it's a crossbred. To me, she looks like she's got much longer legs than some of the breeds that have been suggested, and she looks like a cross affin pincer. So, what's an affin pincer, you might ask? I well, have never heard of no, an affin But you've seen it probably. Really? Yeah, it's as good as it gets, I'll tell you now. Oh, that That's movie the with movie. Jack Nicholson. As yeah. good as it gets, and he has that little affin pincer. It's a yes. wide-haired little dog. Um, they were bred originally as ratters, so they've got sort of like longer legs than a lot of the um, toy breeds. They can really run quite fast. Lovely, they're great for apartments, ideal dogs for apartments. So I think there's a lot of affin pincer in, in Katy Perry's dog, Butters. It just reminds me of that more than anything else. And I, I, I love the... They're a very sensitive dog, and I think that's the thing with Katy Perry's dog. You can tell it just really relates to her and she relates to that dog so well. You see it in all the shots and, you know, you watch her with that dog. Just typical Affin Pincer for me. They are just a beautiful little dog. They're, 
Um, they love snuggling in. They're not really cold weather dogs, believe it or not. They will snuggle into bed with you. They're a very clean dog. They will tolerate being alone a little bit, but they prefer being with people. They are very much a people dog. So for me, that little dog, cute as a button, whatever it is, who cares? It's just a beautiful... should Google it, people, if you haven't seen her little dog. Cute Butters. as a butters, actually. Cute as a butters. Has some 40 million followers, hasn't it, or something? Some... Well, she does, I think. Oh, right. I think butters is just going along for the ride. But, oh, no, um... I think butters has the 40 million and... Katy Perry's going along for the ride with the dog. Oh, That's okay. what it is. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, now the answer to our quiz question this week is only moments away. And the question was, uh, last year, what was the most popular breed of dog in the States, in America? Was it a Beagle, a German Shepherd, a Labrador Retriever, or a Yorkshire Terrier? Rob? What was it? And I think you said it had been the most popular breed for the last 27 years. In a 28, row. 29 28 years, something like that. Yeah, it's so, so what is it? What is it? What is it? It's a great family dog, a reliable dog, good working dog for uh, people that uh, need guide dogs because they're the most common guide dog. Yes, they are the Labrador Retriever. Very, very you know, fit in any environment. The only thing that you don't want to do with your Labrador Retriever is overfeed it because it'll eat whatever you give it. They are sometimes referred to as the garbage cans of the dog world. They're not. They're just beautiful dogs. Don't overfeed them. Don't get them fat. And they will just be part of your family, very much loved by everybody. Great breed. I am not surprised. And um, on that list also were a couple of other movers and shakers and breeds we probably haven't heard of. Well, I haven't. But um, there was a Pembroke Welsh Corgi which broke into the top ten this year or yep. last year. And that's the Queen's Dogs. Ah, that's a Pembroke the, Welsh Corgi. Yeah, right, Pembroke okay. Corgi. That's well, right. Well, that was the first time uh, that dog popped up in the top ten. And uh, another notable was uh, the Icelandic Sheepdog. <laughs> yeah, a very rare dog. But, uh, but that was number 24. Yeah, they've, they've become very popular for some reason. I, I have not met any, to, to be honest. You've never met an Icelandic ne- Sheepdog? No. I hope I don't have to go to Iceland to meet one. I think there's some being imported into Australia now, so it be interesting to see how they go here in this country. So do they look like a normal sheepdog with lots of hair? They've got lots of hair. They do. They're quite not shaggy hair. They're more a longer-haired dog. But, yeah, a very interesting dog to look at and apparently great-natured dogs. Okay. Well, the Icelandic sheepdog was number 24 with a bullet, so who knows where it might pop up next year. Anyway, that's it for us this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, If you've enjoyed your time with us, please subscribe and, and, and tell your friends. And we look forward to speaking to you on the next episode of the doggy pod and if you're feeling a bit down just remember god gave us dogs because he knew we'd need guardian angels we could hug who said that rob don't know oh it's just one of those great dogs saying <laughs> it's a great quote isn't it yeah it is it's lovely all right we'll see you next week Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.